You're listening to Raising Curious Learners, a podcast from Britannica for Parents, where we talk to experts and discuss issues and trends in child development, education, and parenting. Welcome back to Raising Curious Learners. I'm Elizabeth Romanski, and my co-host, as always, is Ann Gatzkowski. Working at home can be especially challenging for parents of young children. Since the pandemic has forced so many of us to stay home, it's really hard to keep any kind of boundary between work life and family life. It's pretty much impossible. That's why I really admire parents who have found creative ways to blend their work and family life. One great example is Rob Johnson, a professional musician who found some really fun ways to include his three little boys in his work during lockdown. Rob is the associate principal horn player in the Houston Symphony, and he and his wife Ariella, also a musician, included the children in the making of a series of short performance videos that feature popular orchestral pieces like Peter and the Wolf and Star Wars. The videos were posted online in a series of Houston Symphony performances at home. Today we have a great selection. It's Gustav Holst's The Planets. Our favorite movement is Jupiter. So we're going to start with Jupiter here. Um, we'll give it a whirl. Here we go, guys. Ready? to talk with both Rob and his wife, Ariella, on our podcast today. So thank you guys for joining us and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to be here. Why don't we start by um, asking you to tell us about your family's experience back in March when the pandemic forced the Houston Symphony to stop performing live? Yes. Gosh, the breaks. I mean, they were just, we squealed to a halt just like the rest of the world. I mean, we had just, Ariel and I had performed a solo recital um, when elbow bumps were very much in fashion and new. <laughs> and I was actually had that week off, rotated off from the orchestra, but Ariella was singing in the John Adams El Nino staged opera with David Robertson on the podium. And you can tell about your experiences. I wasn't there. Yeah, no, I mean, we were... <laughs> We had had a really intense weekend. We had Saturday rehearsals, Sunday rehearsal. Monday was with the conductor, David Robertson, who flew in from out of town and things were already starting to heat up. And I thought, well, David Robertson's here. He flew in. Like that means that it's going to be fine and we're going to do it. And then we had the rehearsal the next day on the stage at Jones Hall. And I saw like the soloists doors had the signs on them. And I thought soloists are coming, like we're going to do this. And I don't know if we should do this. That seems like maybe we shouldn't be doing. Like, I, I think everyone felt we had worked so hard and it was a simultaneous feeling of, we, we just wanted to perform this amazing work so badly. It's not done often. We, we worked so hard. And then it was like, I don't think this is safe. And well, the Houston Symphony doesn't cancel. We've, you know, we play through floods. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, we've, I've gotten stuck 
driving on the way to work and the show must go on. So this was, uh, and I mean, what ended up happening was, I mean, I have an underlying condition. So I ended up speaking to my own doctors and said, Hey, like, can I be on stage with a hundred other people right next to me singing? And then a hundred more in the orchestra. And they were like, maybe not, you know, maybe a little chamber piece. I'd say, okay, but no, maybe don't do that. So I, I emailed so sadly with such a heavy heart saying, you know, I really cannot attend any more rehearsals. And then I think three hours later, four hours later, it was, it was officially called off. Really. We were going to take a break for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it was the, and point. it also, it also Little was, did we know. Yeah. <laughs> it was also the children's spring break. So in a certain mm-hmm. sense for them, I don't know that it was as jarring because it was, there was sort of goodbyes and like happy spring break. And so then it was just like, and it will just continue to be spring break for who knows, you know, for the rest Mm -hmm. of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So they, they didn't have as much of a, of a concept, at least not at first. So school was canceled, your work was canceled. And it sounds like the Houston Symphony then started inviting the players to make videos of musical performances at home. Exactly. No, we uh, got some emails from development department and marketing department, just trying to keep our faces and our music to our fans. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily to like the world public or the United States public, although that's sort of how, you know, an unintended consequence there, but just to keep our our local fans engaged. Gosh, the first video we made was early in the pandemic. I think we were like right out of the gate and, you know, we have uh, not really a set, but enough of a set curriculum where all the kids, we have three boys, they they learn pieces with me as I'm learning them for the job. And we have special pieces that for our family that they sort of learn as we go. And Peter and the Wolf was a sort of an old trusted friend. And we just in this room back over here, we uh, turned on the big loudspeaker. I said, Ariella, just like, you know, I'll put on my Houston Symphony shirt if you play the camera woman. And then the kids just, the kid just kind of went bananas while I played (laughs) sort of the horn part with the actual music in the background. I don't, I don't mean to correct you, but I'm not even sure that's how it went. Because we were listening to music every day because we don't do a lot of TV. We were filling the time. We do about 20, 30 minutes of TV once a day. Quarantine time was twice a day, but normally Uh it's just once. And I remember they were dancing around, singing the music and jumping around. And I think maybe you had your horn out. Maybe you were practicing. I don't, but it was a thing where I was like, you were like videotape this. Spur of the moment. And I was like, okay. (laughs) It was more like they were kind of doing it. And I was like, we should do something they know, maybe play something on the horn. And you were like, yes, I'm supposed to do that. Let's video it. You knew that you should do something. And they were kind of already doing something. And I'm not a good person with the camera. And I, that's where I ended up. (laughs) So Now we should say your boys are little. They're three and five, right? Tell us a little bit about your boys. They're, they're, they're plentiful. You know, it's like somebody (laughs) like left peanut butter out in the kitchen and everybody just came out to get it. So no, we have the big boys, the twins, they're about to be six in January, actually in a few months here. So they're not letting us forget that they're no longer five and a half. They're, you know, five and three Three quarters, quarters. whatever Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) Don't let us forget that. And then Avi, the quote unquote baby, just turned three this past June. Other than doing this uh, music time thing, the big boys, we learned how to read and write pretty much this summer. And Avi learned how to swim. Learned how to swim. Wow. Like, Like real swim. Like holding breath under the water. Yes. Coming up for air, going back under. Diving into the deep end. Diving into the deep end. (laughs) Fearlessly. With abandon. Yes. (laughs) 
course, of course. I mean, it's it's what Rob said in the beginning, which is like I, you know, I grew up in a in a musical house where when you were little, there were just pieces that were not required, but they were pieces that were always that were played that were played. You know, so Peter and the Wolf, Saint-Saint Carnival of the Animals, Nutcracker, Nutcracker, Young Person's Guide, just these amazing works that when you're little and not a musician, you have no awareness of how amazing they are and how technically challenging they can be for the people playing them. And they just know them and and love them. You know, I actually have a playlist on my phone called Boys Music. It has everything, including a full Nutcracker, Holst Planets some Elvis, some Billy Joel, you know, the whole West Side Story soundtrack, like their their favorite things. So after that first one, I feel like it kind of was easy to make more. Mm-hmm. We had quite a bit in the canon. I mean, you know, I, we submitted to the Houston Symphony Marketing Department thinking like, maybe they'll throw it on Facebook if we're lucky. And they might say, you know, Rob, do this again, put shoes on this next time, make sure your kids, you know, <laughs> have a shirt on, you know, because it was real just sort of like granola on the floor. And I think they posted it and it it went viral, so to speak. And it became that we were, I want to say we were every Wednesday, at least during the first several months of the pandemic, we were the Wednesday sort of special. Mm -hmm. The pressure mounted the more ones that we did. And it was like, oh, (laughs) we got to like, we got to, you know, it sort of lost. For you. For for me. For you. For me, it lost the spur of the moment. For them, they were just like pigs in slop. I mean, they were just, (laughs) you know, loving it. Were the children aware that so many people were watching the videos? No. No. You know, some of the videos that we find that we want them to see, we see on YouTube. That's sort of the, the search engine that we use. And their videos would come up on the YouTube and we would watch it. them and like, but they didn't really have a, they didn't really. They just cracked up at watching themselves. Yeah. They thought it was they thought they were the funniest people. They don't, I don't think they have any awareness how many people have seen them doing that. <laughs> to them, it's just kind of like a home video, you know, that you guys took. So. Right. Yeah. So to to clarify, you did not make a video of just you. No. From the get go. No. Was... <laughs> yeah. No. So we have this. We have to set up. Like, I mean, it's. I mean, you can see it online where it's like it's in our living room, and we're between these two sort of floral print couches in front of the fireplace with all of the, like the tchotchkes and menorahs behind us, and I would just sort of stand there in my Houston Symphony shirt, and the boys they took to just sort of jumping to the music and they, they would bring like this collection of, you know, instruments in. Or there was costume. Costumes. Sort of depended. I mean, I kept saying like, Ariel, what am I going to do for this week? What am I going to do? And she was always like, you're not going to do anything. They're going to do it. <laughs> Well, this, is, this is not about you. Well, Stop making it about you. Because anytime we, I try to be like, let you know, let me like iron fist this. Like it just, well, I think tinderbox exploded. I mean, I think I think it was a combination of things. You know, they don't know how to be anything but themselves. Currently, they haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> and they they love the music. And whenever they see him play and experience him play, they don't think it's a big deal at all. Which is great always beautiful and he plays amazing. So they don't even think like, maybe this is difficult for dad to do this like five times. And you know, there, there were times my favorite he played, it was, he spoke and played and it was awesome. And they were awesome. And right at the last second, Ruben just fell right off the couch onto the ground and (laughs) screamed. And I was like, ah, and I like threw the phone down and it was so sad because it was like, so I think we might've used that one. I don't don't know if you were able to like cut (laughs) that out. I don't know how, but it was like, there was things like that. And sometimes he he'd mess up and they'd be like, what? And he, you know, he's, we had to do, he's a member of the symphony. He does not want to, you know, he needs to put up something that he feels Mm -hmm. is technically. Or I'd stumble over my words. 
quite a bit. Yeah. So there was, <laughs> so getting that like minute and a half where the kids are having a good time took two days, and he feels good <laughs> yeah. usually took about two days yeah. because we didn't, we didn't want to force them. You know, I think there was at least one where Ezra, something happened and he just was like out and like he was behind the couch in the corner, just like reading books. And I was like, just let him read books. He doesn't want to like, hopefully he'll join. Like I think you say, and like, hopefully Ezra will join us. And like, he didn't. And like, that was okay. It was fine. You know, like that, that day he was not into it. And then other days he was like the star. So it's fine. I think it's so important that you guys did it that way because it shows in the videos, it shows how happy they are to participate and how they are so free. And so you want that. You don't want it to feel like they're putting on a show or acting. You want them to be themselves. And and you can see that very clearly. Yay. Good job, mom. (laughs) Well, I mean, well, I come from a family where like putting children on display is like the most frowned upon thing ever. So that was never something that was okay in my house. So it was always kind of like, you want to play? Okay, play. You don't want to play? Okay, go, you know, whatever. And that's how that was the vibe. And that's, you know, how it is here. And I think we were watching at that point, which was very inspiring, honestly, was um, Jimmy Fallon's episodes from his house Mm -hmm. when his wife was the cameraman and his kids kids were there and they're in the house and the kids are everywhere. And the girls were so great. And it was like, it was like the only thing on TV I felt that was it was like our bizarro. That was pleasant to watch. Bizarro world people. Was like, oh my gosh, like they have these girls and we have these guys. And whenever the girls were just sort of doing their thing, even if they were just like drawing, coloring in the background, it was like, it made it, it made it really nice and it made it really friendly. And I was like, it's just. We're it's happy just... we only did 90 seconds. He's got 40, 50 minutes yeah, a night. No, oh my gosh. To get on film. No, we and we, we think, were very lucky. No, and I feel like the only criteria was like, you have to wear underpants. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you cannot be without, like they were without underpants for three months. Even my family commented, like everybody's in underwear. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's unusual. It's a rarity. Yeah. For classical musicians and, you know, professional orchestra players, it is unusual to put on public display something so free and so unpolished. I mean, if you look at what, not even necessarily the Houston Symphony, but what other musicians, classical musicians were putting online during that time, they were putting their very best work and they were, you know, setting setting up the, the scene and, and um, trying to find the right microphone. And, you know, it was, it's much more serious business. So what you were doing was just amazingly free and spontaneous and um, such a great demonstration of the music, but also of childhood about, you know, play and freedom to express who you are and what you want to do. Yeah. They, I mean, that's, that's the only thing the boys know is just play. And it's, I mean, look, you know, it was very exciting to sort of check in with the Houston 70 marketing staff and see the numbers and the hits and the views. And, and, you know, and some television shows picked it up locally and that sort of made it blow up and a couple newspaper articles and it blew up. And like, I mean, it was very, you know, surface, surfacey kind of exciting to sort of see that kind of reach and, you know, deeper wise to think that we're having this effect in our sort of corner of the universe here in Houston that we're you know, the families are many engaged. So many things are sort of open back up now. But if we really sort of jog our memories just a few months ago and we did, just didn't leave the house like everybody else and we were really locked. The house never felt smaller. The yard never felt smaller. Like, you know, and we spent a lot of time at home anyway, but we never spent that much of unadulterated time where I wasn't working and, you know, we're just 
they're not in school. And they, you know, the kids are, they're unbelievably amazing. They, they play and they play and they play and then they play some more. And, you know, they just, they, they rebound so quickly. And for me, I, you know, I, I work on not taking everything so personally all the time. And they just like, they're back like a minute later. Hey dad, let's do something else, dad. And it's like, I'm still angry about that thing you just did, but I'm just going to need to like, <laughs> just need to get over uh-huh. it because you're ready to play again. And it's like, it's, it's an amazing, I mean, what a lesson that they can just, you know, drop it. Awesome. And just move on. And I also think, you know, the music thing, playing it all the time, listening all the time, you know, I can't really handle like kids, quote unquote, kids music. Like the kids bop station is like my worst, worst <laughs> nightmare. Just and, like, nails on a chalkboard. We never, yes, <laughs> yes. And we never had, we have never had any toys that make noise ever that play lullaby, none of that. So they've been used to the real thing since they're little. And somehow this time it was like, oh my gosh, like we have this music that they love and that we can burn an hour in the garage, running around with sticks, listening to West Side Story. There was a weird moment there where we did it every day for like three weeks. And they were like, let's do West Side in the garage. And I was like, oh, okay. Like we did it yesterday, but let's, let's, let's do it again. Like, okay, great. You know, and it was that, you know, and that was, it was a lifeline and that was not on camera. That was just how it was. And I feel like it, it saved us. I mean, we, when, when, when in doubt, like just sort of put something on and you know. hopefully it'll stick. Yeah. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they like it. Yeah. And there are three of them. So there are also, you know, there's the, the interactions between the three and having three that are so young. It's bedlam. Yeah. I, I would imagine there's advantages because they can play with each other, but also that's, that's a lot as parents. That's a lot. Absolutely. No. I mean, we, you know, have some friends who have a single child and maybe it's amazing, but like we just sort of thought our boys are so lucky that they have each other during this time. And even during now where it's like, you know, the three of us can go to a park and they don't have to worry about other friends because there's three of them to you know push each other to the ground <laughs> in between swings. And but like you said, at the same time, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, at our worst, it's a lot of like refereeing all the time and just, you know, a lot of injuries, but yes, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's, but it, you know, the, the, the plus side, like you said, it's like, you know, they have each other and they'll, and the nice part is they'll have each other forever. And I don't know if you have siblings, but Ariella is the youngest of five and I have an older sister and like, those are the relationships that last the longest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so I think we feel so blessed um, to have these children who are little science miracles and like, they really, it's amazing. They have each other. What a great, I think like, it's a great gift we've given each of them as a sibling or two. Yeah. <laughs> As we speak, they're sleeping in the same bed upstairs right now. So even that, like, no, it's great. That, that was it's very quar- cute. That was a quarantine. <laughs> Three thing kids that in happened. a twin bed. That is <laughs> that cute. They all wanted to be together. Oh my gosh! Two of them in the same. So bed. we decided we're going to move to one of those tiny houses in the woods <laughs> with no running water. No, we're not going to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they would love that. Oh my god! They might actually like that. Yeah, we would go crazy. Don't go anywhere. We're going to just take a quick short break, and we'll be right back after these messages. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.edu. 
www.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Expedition Learn, Britannica's activity-based learning tool that teaches kids how to learn instead of just what to learn, making it the perfect companion to online or blended classrooms. Go to Britannica.com slash expedition to get 30% off today. Hey, everyone. Let's take a moment to talk about today's sponsor. Did you know Britannica designed a safe and trusted site that allows kids to be just that, kids? On Britannica Kids, you'll find content from great intellects across the globe, including leading educators, Pulitzer Prize winners, and Nobel laureates. And it's all designed with kids in mind. Go to kids.britannica.com kids30 for 30% off your subscription today. Tell us more about the response to the videos. Did you read the comments or did you get emails? Like, what, what did people tell you about the videos? There, there, there was a lot of feedback, yeah. Um, I mean, basically from the, the marketing folks, it was always, you know, another hit. Thanks so much. Like, this is so great. Like, you, it was always, I'd submit them to them first and they'd say, we're all gathering around know, the computer to watch is the staff now every Monday or Tuesday when you submit them because they're just, it's just brightens, just brightens the day. I mean, if we, you know, I mean, if you sort of remember sort of as dark and stormy as it is now, it was sort of equally dark and stormy then. And uh, the initial response was like approved. Yes, we, this is the appropriate length, appropriate piece. Thank you so much. It was great. And I, I would check some of the comments. I never responded to any of them. And w- what was interesting is that I was sort of never tagged in any of it. So in a way, me personally, I kind of dodged the bullet of like this freight train that was coming at our family full speed. And, you know, the comments were always so cute. And there was a lot of, there was one one point somebody said, it was some along the lines of like, you know, I'll be right over with some wine to leave on your doorstep. <laughs> you know, good, good job, mom and dad. It was something very funny where it's just like people, I, I think for people who had kids our age, they got it immediately. Just like, oh my gosh, this is a nut house. <laughs> and for people who were like, you know, it was their grandchildren, you know, it was like, they were so cute and all this stuff. And for the symphony fans, it was like a way to, for me to kind of be plucked out from the back of the orchestra sort of put in front of people and to be speaking every week and you know to really see our family and i think you know the response in terms of the media it ran i think at least two or three times as sort of like a feel-good bumper at the end of the five o'clock news on a couple of the local stations at least once for each time you know a student of mine would like the mom would be videotaping it from North Houston and like send her the video. Then they would send me the video and somebody else said, I, th- I think I just heard you on the news and you were just on the news. And it was, <laughs> it was very exciting. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's kind of this gift that keeps on, on giving. We were, so we did, I think like 10 of them or something like that over the first 10 weeks of the pandemic. And then the orchestra basically started up again. So we kind of stopped sort of putting them out. And it was several months after it all sort of started. And we got a call that there was like a newspaper article. So it ran on the Chronicle with like a big splash story and a picture and everything. And then tonight, the pot, I mean, this is, you know, it's just amazing. The podcast, it's like, it's so great. It's amazing that it, it keeps um, sort of people are feeling it and connecting with it and being with it. And I actually saw last week that they re-ran, the Houston Symphony re-ran the In the Hole of the Mountain King. Because on, on the five it. concerts I played this past weekend, live with people 
Bone Jones Hall. Thank you very much. That was the opener. And so, and it was a family concert. So they're finding more mileage at it, which is fantastic. So it keeps, it keeps running. I mean, I think my, my favorite thing definitely was there was a lot of people that as it was like became a Wednesday feature, the comment would be like, Wednesday is my favorite day of the week now because I look forward to your videos. Like they brighten my day. And it was a thing where it's like, I personally was um, doing like really complex coloring books to calm down. Adult coloring books, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Those are those are nice. It was a really <laughs> intense time and I was just like, I need me my markers and I need my coloring book. Like the boy, we'd put the boys down for bed and that's what I would do because I was like, I don't want to read the news. I don't want to see more upsetting things. And I think for a lot of people, they were like, I'm just going to watch these silly music time mm-hmm. videos because they make me feel better, you know? And mm-hmm. it was nice too because of course we would send them to my parents and we'd send them to his mother and then his mother would put them on Facebook and then all of our like Ohio crew would see them. And so that was really fun and be like, the boys look so big and, you know, this is so exciting. And it was really, it was a nice thing. I mean, they were stressful to do sometimes. And I think as they kind of picked up, it got more and more like, what are we going to do this week? And I remember we were talking about like, can we do Nutcracker? It's like, it's kind of winter still, but kind of not really. And I was <laughs> like, did. I was like, it is their favorite. We will be doing that. Cause like, I think you said in the video, like Nutcracker is all year round for us. For our family, it's it year is. round. So. We were listening this summer for sure. So. Do you ever think about when the boys are older that they'll watch the videos and say, oh my gosh, what were we doing? We're going to play them all for the bar mitzvahs for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, every family has this stuff. Home videos or, you know, that you're so proud that you have it on tape and that if the kids sort of have one level of appreciation or don't appreciate it now, they can, in however many years, go back and see it again. And, you know, Ariola's family in particular, there's been a lot of sort of home movies and movies that have been shot about her family. And it's like, they're these little snippets in time. And it's this amazing way that we can all sort of connect and remember and explain. And, you know, it's the pieces of history that are important to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the boys, they'll, they'll feel that as they get older, if I'm positive. Yeah. Maybe that's another thing that their grandfather is there is Saba. That's what they call him. And I don't think they find it strange at all that like Saba's all over YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was why when they saw their own videos on YouTube, it was just another. That's, I think that's why they didn't. I, mean, I think they're used to just seeing their family members sort of plastered all over the place. And so it's that. a they little just like. They don't realize that's it's not what happens. You know, dad plays the music and Saba's on the YouTube and there we are on the other channel. And like. Mm-hmm. You know, their language isn't quite that sophisticated you know, about channels and YouTube pages, but for them, it's just one big home movie, I think, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so they they probably believe that everybody has a family that performs all the time. I think yeah. so, yes. <laughs> That's just normal. Well, and it's interesting because we have, you know, we had everybody down for Passover last year and Ariel, the whole family, so there's like 20 some people in the house, you know, ranging age from Avi three to 77 or whatever. And, you know, we had this one big group picture and Avi's still like learning names and faces because most of them live in New York. And he's, so he's like looking at this and like pointing out the face and we say, who's that? What instrument do they play? Who's that? (laughs) What instrument do they play? Because everybody plays something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's also a way for him to learn them to learn all the instruments. (laughs) Like, and of course, it's a data horn and Saba violin and, you know, Aviva, Aunt Nava piano and Aviva, Aviva cello. cello. And like, you know, we attach the names to the instrument. They probably think that's the actual name of the instrument is data horn. Wow. 
actually at this point. But <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> well, at this point, Avi can when he hears a horn, and he, if he hears a horn solo, he goes dead a horn. It's great. Were there? Yes. I mean, the, sort of the great <laughs> sort of side piece here is that you know they're learning this fantastic timeless repertoire, but they're also learning the timbres of the instruments and like fine tuning their hearing that they can, of course, be better at language and of course be better at sort of just processing in general. But they, you know, the other day one of them was the car set muted trombone and it was like yes that is a muted trombone good for you wow (laughs) true yeah that's very impressive yeah it's really it's it wasn't our aim (laughs) yeah i am curious to to see what else you think in terms of what they gained from this experience because obviously they've gained a lot in the musical side of it but what else do you feel like they really gained from from doing this as a family and doing it with each other i would say one thing is patience because each boy, like you said, they have their own specific tastes. And so, you know, s- some of them, they really don't like the other picks that the other ones choose. And they have to wait. And we say, you know, excuse me, like it's it's your brother's turn. Your turn is next. It's your brother's turn. You're next. And, you know, we, we did end up driving to a different quarantine spot once the Houston numbers started to get a little bit hotter. We went the six-day RV road trip up to New York. And during that car time, there was hours and hours and hours in the close space every day for a week. And they had their own pick. And, you know, if you don't like it, you got to wait. No, and, <laughs> you know, and there like, was like an order. We were like went clockwise around the car. Yeah, I can't remember who was Skip first. mom and dad. And it was time. like Ezra. <laughs> Ezra wanted to listen to a book on tape. And Avi was like, he wanted like music music. And he didn't want to listen to someone like speaking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That was not, he was not interested in that. Then Ruben only wanted like Ride of the Valkyries, which you, it's a great piece. <laughs> Not on yeah. repeat for six hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, so there was a lot of, a lot of turn taking. And I think also, I mean, I, I don't know, good and bad, but like, I feel like we became very, I mean, not that we weren't before, but very solidified as a family because there was this idea about germs and our germs, our family's germs. It's okay for all of our germs to hang out together, but it's other people's germs. We don't want to get close to that. And, you know, we went to see my parents and we quarantined ourselves for 14 days and only saw them outside with masks on. And then after the 14 days, they were like, wait, but their germs aren't like our germs. And it was like, well, we know we're, merged. we know we're We've safe now. Germs. So we're all, we, we can all be together, you know? And I just, you know, think that they've they've learned about this like invisible, <laughs> this invisible thing called germs. And I think kids always end up figuring it out, but it just, they've figured it out pretty early, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the silver lining for most people's pandemic stories, like, you know, we never would have gotten this time to spend together in such a concentrated way. And, you know, we were lucky in that, you know, we went to New York and with, you know, Ariela's parents and they got to see every day, you know, broken windows and broken dishes and broken wine glasses and all like they got to see their grandparents in a way that is so unusual for our family, just because we're, you know, a Some, different time zone. We're a thousand some, miles away. And summers are work and summers time. Are work time for everybody. It's, and, mm-hmm. it's such a busy time. And we were all forced to be <laughs> on campus <laughs> the, the whole time, day and night. And the boys learned all about baseball because they watched Mets baseball every night of the summer. And you know, it was really amazing, just sort of family time like everybody else. But it's just, it sort of feels so special that we just have this gift of just togetherness. And we're still in the pandemic and there still are so many families who are home every day. Do you have any advice for other parents with young children of how to make the most of this time when you're all in working and 
and playing at home together? I mean, I think what I would say is that, I mean, what I what I noticed I mean, before before the pandemic, honestly, people already knew that we were doing a lot of listening at, in our house. And a lot of parents had come up to me and said, you know, how do you, what do we listen to? Like, how do you- Where do we start? How do you have, you know, what do you do? Oh. How do you do it with your boys? Like, what do you do? And I, you know, I'd, I'd always say like, pick a piece, pick one piece that you- as an adult person, like want to listen to that you enjoy. Don't force yourself to listen to something you don't want to because that's, you know, that's really not going to work. And I guess as musicians, I, I literally can't do that because when I hear something offensive, I like need to turn it off. Maybe a lot of people put music on and then tune out and don't hear it. I don't know how to do that. So that's not really an option, but you know, every night reading to your children, that is a really important thing that I think everybody knows to do, whether they can make time to do or not, they know it's a good thing. I think listening, listening with without looking at something, just using just that auditory sense and not seeing a picture, not needing a picture. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of pieces that we listen to. We'd listen in the car on the way to school. That was sort of how it got started. And you would, we could tell the story if it wasn't something like a Peter and the Wolf where there was actual narration, you could just tell the story. I mean, what was the one with the with the dragon? Magic fire music. Yeah. Again, Wagner ring cycle, magic fire music. So beam, bum, bum, ba, bum, bum, beam, bum. I mean, it's it huge. Just, he talked about the dragon and then there was like the that lighter music was like- was, It was like, the mama was music. The, mom, the beautiful music, the maiden music the was the mama theme, music. I don't know. And it was just a way to, a different way of kind of storytelling, you know? I mean, and also I, you know, things like Peter and the Wolf, things like Nutcracker, those are massive, amazing, gorgeous works. It's not kids music. I mean, it is kids music, but it's because the kids listened and learned Peter the Wolf so early, they can pretty much listen to most Prokofiev now. The it's timbres it's a very area. similar style of orchestration and style. And, Same thing with Nutcracker and, and all of Tchaikovsky. It's Swan like, Lake. They They've can, got it all. In it's, it's once you kind of have the one, it's really easy to listen to other, you know, works by that same composer. So it can start really simple and, you know, kind of bloom with our family. A lot of times it was, it was easy because Rob would be like preparing something and say, oh, the kids might really like this and we'd turn it on and they'd like it. Now, the other thing that you can do, which we never really did, I, maybe just because of your job is like people do like just unaccompanied piano, something, you know, very relaxing. Our kids never were into that. They were into like lots of loud brass, cymbals. lots of drums, cymbals, percussion. And so that's sort of what we've done and sort of more chamber music, piano stuff they're, they're less into, but you know, that's okay. They'll, they'll get there. It just has to do with what, you know, I think some people think you have to have sort of something special or some education of knowledge or something to listen to classical music. You don't, it's just, I mean, I think the other thing that we've learned is beautiful and like maybe is relatable for other people in terms of advice is like, because the kids are in Montessori school and Ariel is a Montessori school teachers, the phrase follow the child, where it's like, we want to give them some amount of leash for them to really like, feel like they're empowered in making decisions. Like for example, today, as there's the only one who's in school, the other two, well, I guess the other, the, the little guy's on a half day. So he had been home, but Ruben's class has been quarantined for 12 days already. So as there's got a full day at school and I pick him up and I have this big plan, we're going to go to Home Depot and get some mulch. Then we're going to get some gas. I'm going to get him like his favorite Doritos chips. And we're going to go to the park. We're going to order sushi and have, you know, dinner at home. And as it was like, I just want to go home and draw Bagheera from the jungle book. And I was like, 
this close to being like, yeah, but don't you really want like the red chips and like we can go to the park and you can jump around. And I thought, you know what, like he's asking me super nicely. You know, I know he loves to draw. I know what he wants that he's been at school all day. He wants some like special time. So, I mean, one piece of advice is like divide and conquer if you have more than one kid. And it's like, I took two of them and we went and we got the mulch and we got the gas and it was fine. And Ezra stayed home with you and drew for 90 minutes. He drew Bagheera and Baloo and Mowgli and Shere Khan. And it's... You know, what what could have turned into like, you know, one of the typical battles every day with kids was this sort of beautiful time that like you got to have like a private date with Ezra and I had the other two kids and they were just super happy to be out of the house and Ezra wanted Mm -hmm. to go to the house. And it really a moment, a a brief moment of clarity from me Mm -hmm. where I was able to be like, that's a good idea. Let's like don't impose your will right now. They know what they're doing better than I do most of the time. (laughs) Exactly. I just want to say that I think what impresses me most about the videos and about our conversation is that both of you are creative people. You're you're professional musicians. The arts are your life and your work. And you found a way to include your children in that. And I think that's so hopeful right now when so many artists, musicians, actors are having to put their work on hold or find different outlets and different avenues. And I I just think it's really hopeful that you are able to do that at home as a family. And I think that's that's inspirational to so many families. Thank you. Thank you. It's our honor yeah, to do it. So thank you so much for talking with us today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's, it's our great pleasure. Thank you. It's amazing. And we'll we'll look for more videos. I hope that at some point we'll we'll see some new new postings. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in to this episode of Raising Curious Learners. Special thanks to our guests today, Rob and Ariella Johnson, for giving us some insight into their weekly at-home concerts. Rob is an associate principal horn player. Ariella is a member of the choir, and you can find them both at the Houston Symphony at Jones Hall. For our listeners, earlier in our episode, you may have caught that Ariella was saying that their kids are used to seeing their grandfather on YouTube. And for some context, they're referencing their grandfather, Isaac Perlman, who is an internationally renowned violin virtuoso. So you can say that music runs in their family. I'm Elizabeth Romanski, and my co-host is Anne Gadzikowski. Our audio engineer and editor for this episode is Emily Goldstein. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share with your friends. This program is copyrighted by Encyclopedia Britannica Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Britannica for Parents, a free site with expert advice for your tech-savvy family needs. Whether it's explaining Zoom to your three-year-old, navigating your child's new friendship with Siri, or more serious topics like talking to young children about the police or sending your kids back to school during the COVID-19 pandemic, we're here to help with resources for parents of all age groups. Check us out at parents.britannica.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.